everyone, and welcome to the Sisters podcast. My name is Sama, and I am joined by my sister and co-host, Faza. Hi. And we have a very special guest on the show today. It's Bombay from TV. Hi, it's me, Bombay from TV, now on podcasts, verified on Twitter, Instagram, but not on Uber Eats. <laughs> not <laughs> yet. Definitely not Grindr. <laughs> That's for your own safety. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the show today. I know you are a very busy, booked queen. But never for a podcast. Thank you. And never for a best friend. Never for a best friend. Or a best friend's sister. And best friend's Mm. sister and cat. And cat. Yes. We definitely wanted to have our good friend in real life and also up and coming (laughs) star. Yeah. I would say probably the miscongeniality of the show. There's no other title I would take. But it doesn't come with any money, so... It's okay. Yeah. You're a winner and a millionaire in our hearts. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Take that to the bank. Thank you for having me. All it took to get on this podcast was to get on Drag Race. Yay! So, clearly, the, the list is very long. The bar is high. The bar is this high. isn't just a, you know, something we pulled together. No. Uh, sitting in our dining room. It's not room. our second podcast. We're, <laughs> We're professionals. So, we've known each other for six years now. Six years? Holy shit. I know. I feel like when I met you, you were just this like young twink with a sparkle in your eyes. And now you're like this old twink. <laughs> with glitter. Like with the remnants of glitter. Something like that. But it's been amazing to see how much you've been able to accomplish in that time. Not just professionally, of course, in drag, but also personally. And I think you bring a lot of that amazing insight and experience to your drag itself i try to because otherwise it's what am i like a twink who does top 40s <laughs> i am if you are a producer <laughs> looking at Ariana, i do a really good ariana grande but that's not what i like she know. said i'm ready to I'm get ready. booked but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so we want to ask you a lot of questions today okay. about- I, i'm gonna ask you questions too okay. but i'm gonna make them up on the spot as we go all right okay. on the fly yeah. on the fly just the like fly. your megan trainer performing <laughs> yes Ooh, a throwback <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah. for just for the, sh- the listeners and also for us mm-hmm. what are your preferred pronouns for this episode uh will we be i go with all pronouns okay yeah as long just call me whatever as long as you call me yeah yeah like all pronouns work because it's just like because you go by bombay in and out of drag as well mm-hmm. so people get very confused let me just scream <laughs> who what yeah. raj Mama, yeah whatever oh, yeah <laughs> that's a throwback to a racist professor that we had at ocad who would just call him whatever brown name came to her mind oh uh, good times <laughs> disgusting yeah gotta love academia so let's start i guess from the beginning Baby Bombay. Baby Bay. Baby. Bombay B. Baby. Baby. It's just Baby. B A E B A E. Bombay B. Bombay B. I already said that. Oh. <laughs> That's fine though. Her brain runs a little bit slower <laughs> than mine. Um, so how and when did you start doing drag? You know the answer to this question because you were there. But our viewers and listeners started listening. They're using their ears today. Uh, <laughs> I started doing drag in 2019 it was pride 2019 at the pride festival in toronto mm-hmm. sama was there i was we were it was i got the chance to perform on stage for the first time it wasn't a stage it wasn't it was a field it was a field <laughs> at a public school mm-hmm. um and that was the first time i got to do drag 
it was a Janelle Monet song. Nice. No, it was it was a Janelle Monet the Janelle Monet vagina pants. Yes. Mm. And then the crowd loved it. It was great. And I remember leaving, not the stage, leaving the platform. <laughs> and everyone's like, you have to keep doing this. Yes. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll do it. And it, here we yeah. are. It was a really iconic performance. And I remember you had constructed this very cool pair of pants. Yeah. And then you had this like water that shot yes. out of it. When I, uh, the, the douche between my thighs. So when <laughs> I squeeze my thighs, the front row would get sprayed with water. This was obviously before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> when you could before do, the health when protocols. Could, yeah. yeah. It was just before COVID. Yeah, it was, it was the summer before COVID. And, you know, it was such an innovative performance because we had seen some other drag performers on that day. Yeah. And they were just doing a typical lip sync. But you had this like character that was fully developed and you had this performance and I remember you did like a monologue as well. In the start, yeah, at the beginning. Oh God, it seems like so long ago. But it also, it also like, I would still do that number. Today it, it's a I great number. It. Yeah. I think it was just very funny that it was like a family friendly stage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, I don't know. There were kids, kids were there. Kids were fully there. This was in a school. It was, yeah. It was yeah. a school, yeah. It was an academic type of, it was a learning experience, <laughs> yeah. really. There was yeah. a didactic on the side. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, like, I think, I don't think my drag has ever been super family friendly. Like, I don't think it needs to be for me. Yeah. Like, I mean, by all means, get your kids to pride, but then they'll see shows like this. Yes. You know? Mm. And explain it to them, like, make sure you have that communication, but yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've done that number in two years now. I should bring it back. Do you still have the pants? I still have the pants, but I don't know how much people would like to be sprayed now. I think the crowd... I mean, as long as you're vaccinated, (laughs) you get your monkeypox vax, you get your COVID vax, and boom. Next thing you know, front row. Front row. Front row facial. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit more about who... Bombay is. Who is she? Who is she? Who is she? So she's gone through a little bit of a rebrand. Interesting. After being on television and looking at herself on television, some things have to, yeah. Um, So before going on to Drag Race, I was always like, um, she's she's a drag queen who likes to have fun. Like at the end of the at the end of the day, as long as the audience is having fun, I'll do anything to make the audience enjoy themselves, and that would be like jumping off of TTC buses or jumping onto cars, setting your hair on fire. These are not exaggerations, by the way. These are not exaggerations. These are things that Bombay has done. These are things that I've done. Somewhere, I think someone in the Canadian government is making a file, (laughs) getting ready to deport me. Um, Yeah, but I think now now that I'm a Rue girl, I think there's a lot that I have to, like, um, brand myself. So Mm -hmm. I can't be that wild anymore interesting they've tamed you they've tamed me but in a good way because like like they were like you can't keep doing this to your body Mm. you know like a lot of the people (laughs) like who even on the show they were like bomb you can't keep doing this one day you're going to break something yes so either you have a really fun chaotic career that lasts maybe two three years after the show or you have a longer career where you and you still do those things but just not as often right Mm. you know you pick your audiences that you really want to wow in that way and then you do it there so going forward we're changing up who bombay is to basically like kind of because the show also brands you Mm -hmm. the show no matter what you do the show when you leave the show and the show's over the viewers have an idea of who bombay is and either you go with that or you go against it 
mm-hmm. it's easier to go with it because it's already set. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was waiting for the show to finish airing to finally realize what is the public perception of me. And then we lean into that a lot more. Thankfully, people really like me and they like yes. what I did. They like where I came from, what I had to show. So, and I just lean into that because it was, it's just, it just feels natural to me. Now. Yeah. I mean, I know you've described yourself as a club kid mm-hmm. and I definitely think you brought that to the show. Yeah. Your looks were um, Thank incredible. You. Thank you. Really, really good. And especially, I think the balloon outfit was mm-hmm. like absolutely yeah. iconic. Um, like, the looks are one of the only things you can control on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have a plan. You say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But then the looks are the only thing you have full control over. So I was like, I don't want to have a bad look. No, Let's you Let's just go in. Like, and if there's something I can, I have, a, I have ownership of, I'm going to own it. Yeah. Everything else is like, whatever. You can't, you can't predict. But your looks are something you, like, you get, right? And I'm like, let's do it right. Yeah. And you had a lot of really interesting looks that incorporated, you know, part of your... Indian mm-hmm. heritage. Yeah. And then you had kind of more of these avant-garde looks as well. So how did you decide what you were going to go for? Uh, it, it depended on the theme. Like all of us were given like challenge, like the, the theme of the runway. And I think before leaving, I, when we were planning our runways and our package, I wrote down like three things. I was like, make it brown, mm-hmm. make it something they've not seen before, and make it fun. Yes. And so every runway kind of tied into those three principles because I'm like, this is kind of what I want to do. Because um, then if I, if I like it, I'm going to look great on TV. That's true. Because you just walk with a different confidence when, when you like what you're wearing. Um, and so for some challenges, I was like, this has to be like ancient god, god, gods and goddesses of the ancient world. Beautiful. I'm, like, I'm not going to do Jesus Christ. <laughs> again another brown icon yes another brown um, icon would, be, would have been great but I'm like no this has like this is such a good opportunity to bring that um, and the outfit was also made in India mm-hmm. so like it was like I own something that I would never have gotten to wear yes uh, before um, and even the paint runway mm-hmm. like that so paint runway my first choice was not holy like I was like mm-hmm. oh I should do like a stained glass like Ooh. full cape and like like do the Notre Dame on fire <laughs> uh, but then they didn't like they came back and they were like we, you can't set your hair on fire on stage and I was like oh fine <laughs> and I'm like okay then the f- next solution let's just do holy because it's fun yes. it's it's messy which is what I was worried about because it had to be painted on set Oh, so all that was done on set like it was dyed beforehand but then to give it like another layer of saturation and make it pop we had to like paint it on set and I was like, I do not have time for this. But it was just like, thankfully it didn't have to be a neat painting. It yes. was just like, you know, um, yeah. I'm yeah. the first Indian on a Drag Race franchise. That's amazing. Ding. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's about time. It's about time. And we have so much. So I was like, I was thinking about people who would watch this in India. And if they see something like that, they'd be like, what? Yes. Um, and that's the reaction I got. Yeah. Like people were like, they, they were viewing parties in India for Drag Race Canada season three. And I felt like they would, people would want, people would really relate to that. Yes. And that's why I did it. Yeah. And I think you definitely bring a sense of authenticity to the looks and not only just the presentation, but the way that you describe your concepts mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Cause you, you do the descriptions of the runways the day after and they'd be like, tell us more about this. And I'm like, it would be like a disservice to the reference if I was just like, I'm working the runway in a multicolor. Like, no, just say what you're, say yes. what it is, you know? Uh, yeah. 
I, and you know, I think that's where your background as a designer and an artist really comes through where you've taken these themes that I guess everybody mm-hmm. has equal, you know, access to, but then you've really interpreted in a way that fits your brand and fits your audience as well. Yeah. And I think that that's what made you really endearing on the show. And I was so excited to see you on the show. And I like posted that thing on Instagram where I was like, I'm so glad that the world's going to get to see how brilliant and creative ah. you are. Because you really, like, you are a little mad genius. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, yeah, it's really exciting to see those looks actually develop with time. So what were you up to before Drag Race? Like, personally, professionally? Oof. Uh intellectually so a lot of people don't know this but i do have a full-time job that isn't drag related okay nine to five i mean you have to make money i wish i could say like you know canadian drag is self-supported but it doesn't like mm-hmm. there's not enough at least for my lifestyle yeah you know, <laughs> that i don't yeah so i work as a user experience designer yeah come through user experience come through user experience ux 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 um so i do that that's my nine to five i've been doing it for six years now I would like to move completely to drag because what a life. What a life. What a life that would be. Would but you I, be fully nocturnal then though? Like just coming out no, in the nighttime? No, no, no. Because you can still do like a lot of branding and shoots and stuff during the day. Right. Like it wouldn't just be like a, like ideally my drag, my life, if I had to say what it would be like, it'd be like Monday to Friday, I just chill. And then the weekends I go out and do like shows. Interesting. Um, but that's not the case. That's and I have bills to pay. So that's why I do UX 9 to 5. And then 6 to 1, 2, 3, usually, uh, I'm a drag queen. That's intense. It gets intense when, like, the next day I still have to wake up at, like, 8 to yes. get to work. And I'm, like, I'm at home at 3. I'm, like, oh, should I sleep? I should sleep. Do you ever go to work with, like, glitter still on your face? Or? It happens. Because, <laughs> you, like, you can do your best to take it off. But there's always, like, glitter never leaves. And then I'll, like, add a filter on the, on the webcam. <laughs> on just so it's like, no, no, I'm sparkly. I'm, yeah, it's just like, I just, Edward I just feel shiny. Yeah. One of the things about your drag career that's, I guess, kind of interesting is it's mostly been developing throughout the pandemic. Yeah. So how was that? Oh, it was kind of... So the thing is, when I started doing drag... 2019 and then four or five months later the pandemic hits so i really missed out on a lot of the you know the green room backstage shenanigans that happened mm-hmm. on the drag show i missed out a lot of on like a lot of the connections i've built have been online mm-hmm. with the queens and the queens and kings in the city um and so i've missed out on like watching a queen completely get shit-faced at a bar <laughs> you know and then bonding about it with her after the show or whatever uh, and so now I'm making up for that. Like, I'm, like, going out, spending time. Because everyone knows me. Yes. And, like, I want to know them back. Um, and so now we're, like, playing catch up. Yeah. 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 Well, you were pretty busy even during the pandemic. Yeah. I know that you had lots of digital drag shows. Every week. My God. Every week. We, we did Are You Smarter Than? Yes. We did Are You Smarter Than on Twitch. And then we, that got, like, like, that was such a well-received show and we had so many people coming in week after week it's such a stupid show (laughs) it was fun yeah i enjoyed it (laughs) i feel like there were a lot of really funny you know moments that came out and i think it also really helped to build your brand as not a comedy queen necessarily in like a slapstick way but by circumstance but you know that you actually are funny and on the spot very yeah 
Because sometimes like, the green, I would fall into the green screen. <laughs> it was, yeah. Sometimes like the internet would like be glitchy. Sometimes a guest <laughs> would fall asleep. No. We had a guest fall asleep. Oh, no. It was late. And then she was so, like, she she drank too much. Mm. And then she woke up and puked. And oh, then it was dear. on camera. I'm like, okay, we're just going to turn that off really quickly. Yeah. And you can you can recover. Um, yeah, but that's, like, that's what digital drag is. You have to think, when you're hosting and producing shows, you, like, things can go wrong all the time. And they do. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like, think on your feet. Make it funny. And, like, as long as you're in on the joke, mm-hmm. the audience is fine. As long as we're not laughing at someone, we're laughing with them. Even if it's me, the audience loves it. Agreed. And you know when you said that you didn't get the experience of seeing somebody get really drunk at a bar? I feel like we saw that of oh. you, though. <laughs> like, we're forgetting that people used to basically tip you so that you would take a shot. Yeah. And then by the end of the night, I, I was puked just a outside the mess. shoe museum once. Wow. We were driving home from the studio. Yes. I think it was my birthday show. And I finished, like... At the start of the night, we had a whole bottle of gin, and I finished, like, three-fourths of it. Wow. Just shots, not even, like, with anything. Disgusting. I, I peed on the wrong end of a pregnancy stick that night. Girl! <laughs> and then we were going home, and I'm like, stop the car. And the, and the, the Uber driver thought I had to puke. I'm like, no, it's piss. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make it any better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Okay, so that was a moment of culture for yeah. the city. Yeah. 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 Welcome to Toronto. <laughs> You're seeing a drag queen. A tour bus is going by. <laughs> I'm like, Bombay soon to be on TV. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Ooh. You know what? You know what they say? What? That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> who is the day, Samaya? You've never heard this? that? Oh, I've heard it, but I like who they are. The people. The people say that. A lot of people are saying it. I heard it on uh, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> So, you're you're doing you're doing lots of influencer stuff on TikTok. I made I've a, seen the I reels. made a profile yesterday. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. Did it. you like it? Uh, no. Do you follow me uh, on TikTok? Yes. Not yet. My TikTok. I don't even look at the notifications. It's just very intimidating sometimes and overwhelming. Yeah. So well, I, I just made a profile yesterday. So sure. what is it? Can we? Are we? It's at where I've been. W e a r i v e b e e n. So that's a <laughs> clever name because. I, do you know why? No. It's <laughs> explain. <laughs> because it's where, like clothing. Where, yeah. And then I've been, it's like where she's a jet center. Like yeah. who is she? Where is she? So where I've been, it's like fashion and travel. I love the Dollarama little thing. Did you did. actually? Because I know you commented on it, like, love these tips, and I thought, like, that's so sweet. My famous friend is Oh, I love this. Yeah, I saw things. it. Dollarama is an iconic place. I mean, oh, Dollarama should give out like points. We'd be Okay, I would be I mean, they couldn't afford me. Do you remember yeah, you told me once you want to get married in an aisle at Dollarama? Did I say that? Yeah. It sounds like It's you. the one on King and... Uh, the one on King? And Why would... That's not even the one I like. That we was doesn't matter. We were there for something. Okay. After Oak. Like, you're looking something at Oakad and you're like, you should, I want to get married in an aisle at Dollarama. Well, like, ma'am... If I get married, then Dollarama can be on my <laughs> venue list. I'll do the toolkit there. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Just it's, the it's, casual... Yeah. Or do the nikah even. <laughs> That's when you sign the documents. From one aisle to the other? Yeah. Like they pass it through. And, the... and you know what? In fact, in a lot of traditional like weddings, like the the husband and the wife actually are in different rooms. Mm. So that would make it pretty easy if like we're just like I'm in the art aisle. You know what I mean? And he's in the kids section, party aisle. Those are They're never close. Each... They're never close to each other. They're like literally in the Spadina one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I do want to talk about Dollarama because I know all of them. And in fact, the other day, to shoot that video, uh-huh. the Dollarama video, I went to four Dollaramas that day. 
she's putting in the work for that because I, I wanted to get those Good travel tip. essentials. Yeah. My top 10 travel essentials top from Dollarama. Travels. Catch it on at where I've been. And <laughs> yeah. But you know what, Dollarama? Okay. <laughs> we'll get back to you. No, no. no. We've changed this no, no, no. completely. <laughs> but Dollarama is an amazing place. I got a Bluetooth keyboard from Dollarama. It's like a mini keyboard. Like to play music? No, to like type. Oh, okay. I'm like, wow, she's it's, ama- it's like for travel. Like, so right. like, I'm going to be blogging, <laughs> you know, like, and it's like, it costs like $4. Is it good? It's amazing. You buy the same thing from, you know, Best Buy or for like Amazon 40, or whatever. Yeah. For like, you just, you never know. Yeah. You never know. You never know. That's you never know when you need a Bluetooth keyboard. You know. So true. Yeah. There have been so many times <laughs> in my life where I'm like, fuck, I wish I had a Bluetooth keyboard right about now. I know you guys are oh, joking. <laughs> I know that you're laughing right now, but it's true because I bought the keyboard. That you're in on the joke. You're <laughs> laughing with you. So everyone loves it. <laughs> I bought the keyboard about three, four years ago when I didn't actually have a use for it. But I thought, what are the chances? What are the odds? What are the odds? Low, because I haven't been able to find the keyboard since then. <laughs> and so, Have you used it? I have used it. Okay, you have. And I thought now is the perfect time because I'm going to be travel blogging. Right. And I'm not going to take my laptop with me. No. So. So when you connect the keyboard to your phone? Bluetooth, yes, your phone. Oh. Yes. Cool. Now the wheels are turning. The old hamster. Why is the hamster old? (laughs) Why can't it be? The hamster is 29 years old at this point, okay? She's dead. She's slowing down down a little bit. She needs to retire. I did want to ask you a question, a more serious question. Oh, shit. One of the things I loved about your confessionals on Drag Race is that you addressed a lot of issues, Mm -hmm. social issues, I would say. You talked about, you know, colonialism. Mm -hmm. You talked about misogyny in, like, the drag community, sexism. Really light subjects. Really light subjects. And so, yeah, I was curious to kind of know more about was there organic discussions about those things happening, or did you feel like you needed to bring those forward? Uh, The way they happened on the show is that we'd be, like, we'd have, like, we'd be getting ready in the workroom, Mm -hmm. and that's when, like, topics would come up. Shalazan and I were talking about how colonialism affects religion and how it affects sexuality and now um and then later on the next day our producers would be like hey so yesterday you spoke about that mm-hmm. do you want to elaborate and then i would just go in and be like okay we have like 10 minutes get ready like don't stop rolling you I'm said like, let me open up the yeah like textbooks you said the library is open library never shuts yeah don't, don't need nothing um the library is the internet <laughs> <laughs> um and so it was easy for me to have those conversations because like, the people around me, I surround myself with people where we have those conversations even when we're not in drag. So in the workroom, when Kimmy was talking about how she face, faces misogyny from bar owners, I'm like, like, we had conversations there. And then the next day in our confessionals, they were like, can you talk more about it? And I'm like, yeah. sure. And it's the least we can do. If you're a drag queen, if you're a cis male doing drag, everything is borrowed. You're presenting a fantasy really it's an exaggeration it's not realness it's not real it's not realness at all you want to see realness go to a ball that's where you see like mm. realness realness um, and so that's why i was like let me talk about this because it's important to me a lot of my friends are women who do drag a lot of yes. my friends are women who do drag who are drag queens and drag kings and we don't see them on this platform now yeah 
So what can I do to just talk about it? And then people like, I'm so glad they put it in the edit because people like reached out to me and were like, like, thank you so much for saying it. And and I don't feel like saying you're welcome as though I, as though I did something like, I'm just like, I was just talking about how I felt. I think you expressed it really well though. I think you really brought out the absurdity of, you know, know, like you're saying, yes, exactly. And I think also I felt as a viewer, um, included in that because you know a lot of fans of the show of any franchise of the show are women yeah we majority we enjoy watching that and then so to also kind of hear that like behind the scenes there is this sexism oh yeah really sucks because it's like well i'm consuming your art i love it i love the fantasy you pay our bills (laughs) you know to an extent we are you know the people you're performing for so to then feel like well actually somebody like me wouldn't even be welcome that sucks yeah and it's unfortunately it's the truth but like now things are kind of slowly changing not fast enough Mm -hmm. but at least those conversations are happening like now if now if someone if a woman were to be told you can't come on stage it would be a big deal like as it should be it's like what is this yeah weird cult yeah it's like a one of the freemasons or something where it's like no women allowed <laughs> i don't i didn't think a drag shout out to freemasons yeah, <laughs> if, Freemason. if you're listening um yeah i didn't think a drag club was gonna be that, like that yeah that's so funny yeah. so let's talk about the show a little okay. bit if you want to sure you yeah, want to yeah. get to the tea what was your favorite challenge of the season my favorite challenge of this season was snatch game yeah yeah it was a it was such a long day on set and just like walking onto the like, so we have three stages. There's the main stage that mm-hmm. never gets dismantled, like the runways that never gets the workroom that never gets dismantled. And in the middle, you have the challenge area, which is where we do all our green screens, mini challenges. Mm. The first runway was like, and they, and that changes constantly. So for snatch game, they build that whole thing up, and they have a photo booth or whatever, and then you walk on, and you're like. Like, it's the Snatch Game yeah. like desk, and, like, Brooklyn's there, and Brad, and Tracy. And it was just like, what the hell? Like, you walk in and goosebumps. Because mm-hmm. you're behind a curtain, and, like, okay, bomb's coming in, and you hear that, bomb, three, two, one, go. And then you walk out, and you're like, <gasps> And Snatch Game is one of the, the things that the whole crew comes to watch. <laughs> so it's the first time you actually have an audience on Dragon Race. You can't see anyone, because it's completely yeah. dark. But you can hear, like, people taking breaths and you can hear people laughing along to jokes. Belching. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so it's the first time you feel like this is you're at a drag show with a live audience. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I felt like, oh, there are people in here as well. Ghosts. Ghosts. Like, you can just hear them <laughs> laughing and breathing heavily. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Snatch Game was my favorite, for sure. Just to be there. It yeah. was. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Snatch Game. I did too. They cut out a lot of our bits, but it was the editing is weird. The editing and the lighting lighting. of the season is homophobic. (laughs) Uh, But they cut out, I guess, I don't know, they cut out a lot of like good bits, bad bits, something just show people us having fun. Yeah. Snatch Game was fun for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And I think, to be honest, the critique of your Aziz Ansari was a bit unfair. I was, so I had good jokes. Like, I was like, I'm going to hit on Brooke. I'm going to hit on Brad. I'm going to hit on all the other, like, you know, men in the audience. Because what if Aziz was gay? What if? What if? And also, we don't know. We don't. Don't, let's not assume. Let's not assume. Um, and when I was making jokes, people were laughing. Yes. And, like, I riffed off, like, a few other answers. And we loved it. And later on, when I got the feedback on the main stage, they were like, well, he's not really gay. Who cares? And I was like, do you think Mary Curie had tentacles? <laughs> Like, 
I mean, it's Nash game. Why would you like the whole idea is like take it up, take, take it, it up. exaggerated in some way. And so, what if he's gay? Did I so kill what someone? if he's gay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, like I, I didn't agree with the feedback at all because, and everyone was no one thought I'd be in the bottom or like low at least for that episode. But I guess I was. And I was like, I can't believe they put me there because he was gay. I know. It seems a bit homophobic. It, it is. It, it feels homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Snatch Game was Snatch great. Game. Snatch Game was my favorite. And what was your favorite Luke? Oh, so many. I think, I think my most favorite look you'll get to see for the finale because we all come back. Mm. Um, but the ones I, def- I wore on the show, they're so, f- they're so good for so many different reasons. I know a lot of people like the the latex balloon club kid mm-hmm. helium look. That's definitely like a fan favorite. Uh, my another look I loved was the first mini challenge. I was gonna say the jacket cut to yes. the uh, shoes, the corset made out of shoes. Like like it was the first challenge, mm-hmm. first mini challenge, and everyone's getting ready. And I put the the shoes on, and they're like, "Oh, that's a cute streetwear look." I'm like, "That's not even half of it, babes." Mm. And then we go out and we pull out this huge jacket and they're like, what is going on? And then I needed someone from the crew to put it on. And it was just flowy and everyone's like, oh, she's the look queen. She's got the looks. Yes. And then we had to rip it up. I know. I was so sad to see you. But I think you were pretty smart for just using the lining. Yeah. You should have won that. I Honestly, you were robbed. I know. Robbed Bay. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I think it was a very streetwear toronto look yeah it was winter till summer it's like you know it was perfect that is what you see buffer jackets six Inform- months out of the year yeah. i also think halal bay was robbed yeah oh <laughs> she thinks too as well she that so raccoon well. look yeah speaking of toronto looks. speaking of toronto <laughs> raccoon realness speaking of toronto icons <laughs> do you know people every time they see like a dead raccoon they take a picture and tag halal like, and she loves it like she she's just like this is cute uh, but it's kind of creepy. But that was like her thing. That's her that thing. she's known for now. Yeah. Honestly, it's kind of brilliant though. <laughs> yeah. I like that she stuck to it for yeah. two challenges. I loved it. I think she, I wanted to see more from her. I, I, yeah. Like I think whoever leaves first definitely gets the, the Vanjie, the Vanjie edit and the Van, like they, they really make your, the first episode is, it's good to go out first and second, third, fourth. Yeah, because you, know? you forget after that. Yeah. And the first person always gets like a tribute the whole episode. Like talk like Halal spoke about being Egyptian, growing up, moving, yes. this, that, having multiple partners, hooking up with Jada, maybe. Um, and then being a <laughs> raccoon. Like it was all about like it was all that. And it was a really good episode for Halal. Yes. Yeah. It was really a retrospective. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed that was the first episode. We all watched it live. Yeah. Which was great. I think just the audience reaction. To, especially oh. like a Toronto reaction to Toronto the Queens. Queen. Like these are queens that we've, we've seen. seen. Yeah. I was so excited to see like Jada because I've seen Jada perform. Um, I've seen Mosu perform. Haven't seen Fierce perform, but you know, I was like, yes. These are like these. These are, are really our good, locals. A really good lineup. Yeah. I mean, they knew what they were doing when they casted five Toronto queens. Like they were like, yeah, you're gonna bring it. Yeah. yeah. And like I think was it Allison and Allison Chain said that you know. Saying that there's five Toronto Queens doesn't mean that everybody's like born and raised in Spadina Avenue. None mm-hmm. of us are. Yeah. It's because it's such a multicultural city that yeah. so many people come here. Yeah. And I think we touched upon that in the first episode where like, if you have to pick a queer friendly city yes. in Canada, Toronto is your first pick. So it only makes sense yes. that a lot of immigrants come here because it's For safer. Sure. Um, 
And because we bring that here, our drag scene and our queer scene is a lot more colorful. Yes. And so, like, it just trickles down. Like, that's why Toronto's drag, I think, is the most diverse in the country. For sure. Um, in terms of not just, like, racial diversity, but also, like, the kinds of drag you see here. Yeah. Um, and that's why, obviously, when they're picking for a drag TV show, mm-hmm. they're going to want that diversity because it shows you what Canada has to offer. Yeah, I love seeing that. And I love seeing these, like, little touches, mm-hmm. you know, that people brought to their drag. That was, yeah, really, really nice. So those were your favorite Lukes yes. of your own. Yes. What was your favorite Luke of somebody else's? Uh, somebody else's, I'm thinking. Mm, Lady Boom Boom had some really good mm. looks. Like, Boom Boom is just... I really enjoyed her. So editorial, so polished, so great. Boom Boom is one of... Like, she had, she had great good looks even out of drag. Mm. She wore, like, Mugler suits. Okay, Mugler. Yeah. Like, as a boy, when she was out of drag. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Boom Boom had some of my great, like, like Boom Boom's bromine look. Oh my god, amazing. It moved, and I'm like, oh my god. Beautiful. Like, I don't know how this is happening, mama. And, like, there were close-ups, and you could see the liquid move in her wig, and... Iconic. In- insane, yeah. Fierce had a good, Fierce, Fierce's paint look was really fun. The swing? Oh, yes. The yes, swing, like, when we saw them build it, I was like, what's happening? And she gets into it, and it's like, oh... Stupid. Are you all stupid. like little just mechanical engineers behind the scenes? Yeah. Putting these looks together? Because you also have to pack them up, right? And take them and then un like yes. and then assemble it's them. It's a full on IKEA it's a, experience. It's a full on IKEA experience. <laughs> like you need screws, welding, saws. But they just give you the Allen key. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nails. You're wearing an Allen key and long nails and you're like Yeah. Yeah. Uh those yeah, those are from those were some good looks that we had this season. I really enjoyed the looks of the season. I think from a fashion perspective. It was oh, yeah. such an interesting and beautiful season, which, yeah. not to shade any previous seasons, but come on. Yeah, but, like, season, like, we didn't have to get ready in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, we had more, like, season two really was stuck with, you know, being, like, getting wigs done and getting outfits made was harder because everything was shut down and fabric stores were shut. Like, when we were getting ready in mm-hmm. Feb, things were open. True. Yeah. So it was easier for us than season two, for sure. Sorry, season two. Sorry, season two. So what was your least favorite challenge? I don't know. I don't think I had the least favorite because they were just like, I was just so excited to be there. Mm. Like every day I'd show up, I'm like, I'm on Drag Race. What a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Like even the other queens were like, oh, you didn't do well that in the, on that challenge. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't do well on Drag Race Canada. Yeah. There are people who are doing well at home. In life. <laughs> in life. Like... <laughs> Um, for free. For free. <laughs> not on TV. Not, not on TV. Definitely not on TV. Not Who's on watching? You not know. on a podcast either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I don't. She's think booked. I, I don't. I don't think I had a bad or least favorite challenge. That's good. No. Oh, let's talk about the untucked. Right. Oh, sure. Let's get into it. I first of all, I think there should be a whole season of Canada's Drag Race Untucked. There, there was so much that was cut out. Every single untucked this time was like tempers. Like flared and I wanted to see more yeah. of the girls are fighting. Because we were like we were fighting. It was we're always in that situation and then someone says something like, Oh, I think you should have been in the bottom, and everyone's like, How the f- like, why would you say that? How could you say that? And the episode where we actually fight, episode four, I think, is just I was just like, What the hell is going on? I felt really defensive of you and very protective. I was like, How dare they yeah. go against my best friend? Like that was that that fight was a lot more heated than they showed. They cut out a lot of the 
like the scratching. The, yeah, a lot of the scratching was cut out. Well, to reel it in. I I think it was very clear, at least for me. Obviously, I'm like a Bombay stan, where I was like, they're ganging up on you. It's not fair. Yeah, and also like it felt. If it was justified, if if I was that shady, sure. You know, yeah. call me up. Absolutely. I'd be like, yeah, and what about it? But I was like, I've like, yeah, I've, I've helped, helped you the all. both of you yes. do this. And they asked me a question. What was I supposed to say? Yeah. And you could tell, honestly, how uncomfortable you were in yeah. answering that question. And I wasn't going to say Jada because like Jada and I have a very good relationship. Like Jada gave me my first few gigs in Toronto. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to say Jada Shida Hudson because yeah. I don't want Jada to feel bad because everyone else said Jada. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. Like, to have the entire cast say that they want you to go home is so... It, it can crush you in that moment. Yeah. So, there were so many reasons why I wouldn't say Jada. Yes. Was the outfit trash? Absolutely. But she doesn't need... Like, she's already heard that from five people. Yeah. She doesn't need to hear that from me. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, in the end, she was like, I really appreciate you saying I'm like, Jada, I would never pick you. Ever. Um. So, yeah. We kind of talked about this, I guess. Like, who was your favorite queen on the show? Shalazan. Shalazan? Shalazan. Like, we, we didn't even get to spend that much time with each other. But the time that we did, it was really nice. And then even after, when we got back after filming, we were still in the hotel for like one or two nights. We just partied, just getting wasted in a hotel room. And and also the things we bonded over were very true. Like even now when there's drama happening, Shalazan and I on the side, just like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, she's my, yeah, she's probably the closest person I have from the cast. Yeah. I really enjoyed her insight. I enjoyed her drag. Mm-hmm. And I liked her energy. So good. I like that she never got wrapped up in the drama. No, she never let it happen to her. She no, was like, I she's loved like, it. She was very aware that this is a TV show. We're all playing characters. We're all here for a reason. Yes. And she's like, great. She said, we're not here to make friends, but we're not here to yeah. look, stupid look stupid on stupid. TV yeah. either. Yeah, I love that. So who do you want to win? Who do I think is going to win? Yeah, like who would your fave be to win? Mm, I think right now Giselle Lullaby. Mm, love Giselle. Giselle, I think you don't get to see this on the show, but Giselle helped a lot of the other queens out, me included. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't get to see that. I guess I didn't make the edit, but there was so many times that Giselle would be like, "Oh, don't do this this way," and it wasn't like a shady, like mm-hmm. oh, whatever. It was like a helpful, like, "Hey, bomb," you know. This is what, and sh- like, I feel like she's, she's, her attitude is very like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. Just do it. Like Nike. Nike, she's Nike. <laughs> just like swoosh. Yes. Um, and it should like the energy you get from Giselle is also she's very mature. She's done it for a while. We not like not that we need we. It's not like we have to have a winner from Quebec or you know Montreal. It's not yes. like it's a requirement, but it's about time we pay our dues there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very talented. What a good snatch game. What a good, what snatch, a good snatch game. game. What a, and runways and the runways, stuff. just everything. everything. I think it was like. When I look back, her looks were always good, but I feel like that Snatch Game episode was just, the deal. Yeah. like, absolutely set her apart. And I was sitting next to her. Can you imagine sitting next to her and be like, fuck you, yeah. Giselle Lullaby, but, yeah, like, great queen. Like, I, I'm meeting her in a few weeks, and I can't wait to, like, hang out and party with her, because it's just fun to be around. Yeah. Good energy. She, I also like that she called out, like, misbehavior. Yeah. Which she's was like, nice. She's like, like all, the, all the other queens were like, what is Toronto? What is Toronto? What the hell is going on? Honestly, we give a little bit of that energy. We're giving a little bit of we do, but- Tim Hortons after dark. <laughs> We're giving a little bit of Queen and Spadina McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's how we are in our green rooms. Like, we're not like, and we love each other, but we still like, we fight. Yeah. And everyone's like, 
I can't believe you've got that here. Like, all the Montreal queens didn't like it. Uh, Vivian didn't like it. Irma didn't like it. They're like, what is going on? And I'm like, this is how we are. Yeah. And the next day, we're like, fine. Like, we're back to, like, basics. But everyone's like, this is so emotionally draining. Mm. Like, y'all do marathon drag. And this is why you fight. Because you're exhausted by the end of the night. Because you do 10 numbers for $100. Yeah. And then you're just squabbling. It is what it is. Raccoons. Raccoons. <laughs> it's giving Ra- raccoons. It's giving raccoon. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of the show. Okay. Um, what is next for you, Bombay? So much. So tell us. I'm. I'm going. I. I would like to apologize in advance. I'm going to turn into an absolute menace on social media once right. the season stops airing. Uh, I'm touring India in December. Oh, fun! I'm going to be performing in drag in India, which is. Wild. A dream. Also, my parents mm. don't know I was on the show, uh, so, so it's gonna be like you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. Reveal. I don't know if I'm gonna get. I don't know if I'm gonna get them to a show. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what that reaction is going to be. Uh, so that's gonna be stressful but fun and exciting. Uh, and then Dracon in January. I'm touring parts of the states in November. Just a lot of travel. Yeah. Where have I been? Where? Is- mm. Mm. <laughs> Where I've been. Where I've been. Uh, you'll find exit. I'll be, I'll be your competitor. Where have I been? Where have I not been? Where have I not been? Whole world. Rival um, blog. Yeah. <laughs> Rival blog. We can be like haters. We can. Yeah, yeah. And then one day we'll like come together and pff, TikTok will explode. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's you. What's new with what's What's, what's next for you two? Oh, wow. Yeah. All the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. Well, I am planning on traveling more, more, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, building up this podcast and trying to make my Instagram and Twitter, not Twitter. What is it? TikTok. Wow. <laughs> I'm so old. You don't even understand. And the funny thing is, clearly my friends are old too, because when I signed up, they like pull your Socialist. contacts and stuff. I had like three friends on TikTok. You were one of them. Mm-hmm. So even was, yeah. my, my your, cohort, your, 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 my phone, age, your phone book, my is age mates, are, age mates, <laughs> age mates. <laughs> um, are not on TikTok. No, not yet. But I mean, like, yeah, that's where you make friends with a younger audience. Mm-hmm. You can be friends with. I'd be like, hey, fellow. Hey, f- with the skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, fellow cool kids. Where I've been. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the show today, Bombay. We had such a fun time. Thank you for having me, sisters. And we are really excited to see what you are up to next. Yeah. For our listeners, where can they find more of you? You can find me on Instagram at BOM.BAE. I'm on Twitter at It's Bombay. I'm on TikTok at BOM.BAE. And I'm on Uber Eats as well. So there's a lot of places where you can find Bombay. And we hope that you... Come back to our show in the future. Yeah, we can do we can do a retrospective. Yes. In a year. Where one well, other when we'll be witches as exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> a witchy episode in a year. Oh, Halloween exactly. episode, if you will. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Spooky. With spells and night sweats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Name a better combo. <laughs> and thank you for our listeners for joining us today. Um, if you want to hear more from us. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and get notified whenever we upload a new episode. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.